Welcome back, everybody. I'm Nate Moore. I'm here with another edition of Big Ideas, Business Intelligence Ideas, that I hope will help you in your medical practice, how to manage data and do better as you try to look at data and run your practice. I'm here with my friend Doral Jacobson. We're on site in Orlando at MGMA's Data Conference. Doral, hello. Tell us about yourself. Introduce yourself to the crowd, would you please? Sure. Thanks, Nate. My name's Doral Jacobson, and I'm with Prosper Beyond. We are a boutique healthcare consulting firm specializing in value-based contracting. We also assist medical practices and other healthcare organizations with payment reform and revenue cycle. Uh, we're located in the beautiful mountains of North Carolina in Asheville. And uh, thank you so much for inviting me to have a chat today, Nate. Thanks, Doral. We've been talking a bit about how to use data in a medical practice and how you've seen data move the needle, if you will. Give us an example of what, how data has helped practices you've worked with. Sure. Uh, so data has helped many practices that I've, I've worked with, and I'll, I'll paint a few examples with a few different specialties for you of some things that I've seen. Sure. Um, one of them was I, have a, I work with a health system that has over 300 physicians, and in this health system, over... 50% of their payer mix is Medicare. And so, of course, the quality payment program is something they're keeping an eye on. Sure. And uh, data moved their needle. So we took a look at their uh, total per capita cost because, of course, they have a lot of primary care physicians in their practice. And their total per capita cost was higher than the state average or the national average. Um, so, you know... First time they really looked at this data, we really weren't sure why it was higher. Mm -hmm. And so we started to peel back the onion. So we got the data that you can download from CMS and started to pick it apart. And what we learned was the following, and it was really interesting. They um, uh, unadjusted, meaning not considering burden of illness, their cost actually was lower than the state and the national average. And what made it higher was when they when their burden of illness score so their risk adjustment score was included in the calculation for total cost of care it actually drove their cost higher because of the following it looked like their population was pretty healthy like healthier than the rest of the state okay so what we did is we said do you really think this is true do you think that your population is healthier than other parts of the state or the nation and they said Heck no. We have a huge HIV population here. We have all of these different chronic conditions we're treating. This can't be right. So you know what that leads to? Mm -hmm. Coding. Coding and documentation. So what they did was they developed a, an initiative to do some education with the clinics and the physicians to make sure they were really capturing everything when the patient was um, in their care at a clinic. And they just honestly weren't doing a great job capturing all that information. We're talking ICD-10 codes here, right, Doral? Right, ICD-10 codes, not always capturing all of them. So um, now we actually just uh, took a look at some refresh data, and it seems like they got a bonus for uh, highly complex patients. So there's a way they moved the needle. So uh, really what we wanted was to make sure it was accurate. Mm -hmm. You know, not to depict that, uh, just to make sure that we are, if we need more dollars to care for these really sick beneficiaries, then we need to tell that story with data. So data moved the needle there um, from them. They actually get more dollars now from CMS to care for those members because they learned that from their data. Well, you're not making up the patient having diabetes. You're telling CMS that the patient does have diabetes and it costs to care for them. And 
And I guess, you know, if you can use data to track that and say, hey, you know, which coders are doing the, the right job getting all the diagnosis codes and which ones aren't and some of those kind of things, you know, you can use data to, I mean, again, straight to the bottom line. Yeah, and I think for physician practices, like diagnostic coding hasn't, there hasn't been like a clear link to that in revenue before, mm -hmm. but now it's going to be so important. So it's really new to everyone, but without that kind of data, there's no way that we would have even known that was a problem for them. Uh, so that's one example. Um, and I have another example. Uh, I had a client, it was an orthopedic practice, and they were um, uninvited for a particular employer with, uh, with a certain payer. So this employer sent them a letter and said, we don't want you to be part of our panel, our um, really high-performing network within this payer. And so we asked why. Uh, because we had no idea why that would be the case. You know, we're rock stars, right? Of course. High quality, low cost. Yeah. We're the, we're the practice everyone wants to see. So we were uh, really trying to figure out what was going on. So the payer came in and actually showed us um, some data. And what they showed us was we had three different hospitals that we went to for our procedures and surgeries. And of those three hospitals, one of them was two-thirds higher than the other hospitals from a total cost of care perspective. Ouch. Yeah. And we had no idea. Because right, we right. we didn't have the data. Right. All we did was get a letter from this employer saying, you're not good enough to be in our network. So the data, what the data ended up doing for this group that was really cool was we used it to build a value-based contract. So we developed a, a, a contract with a payer and said every time we move people out of this setting and into another, out of this high cost care setting and into these others, we're gonna we're gonna share in that savings. So it was a real way to move the needle. We're decreasing cost of care. Quality is the same at all of these facilities. So we're not hurting anybody in this process. We were just saving everybody money. And again, without data, we would have never. We would have just cried over that letter and gone on with our day. But asking for the data and learning something helped us make different decisions. Yeah, and I think physicians get in the habit of, hey, this is where we do surgery or this is where we discharge patients or whatever without thinking through the value-based side of this that says, wait, 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 there's, there's different costs to this? It's it's like the day I got into healthcare and realized that I couldn't, that, you know, depending on which pharmacy I went to, I got a different price on the medicine. And I thought, oh, it's all the same, right? It's all the same. Well, it's not all the same. Mm -mm. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I and you know Doral's the queen of value based and this transition that's coming and, and data is a huge part of that. Anything else you'd share with us as we're thinking about data and value based payer contracting and where, where what we ought to track or measure in the future, Doral? Sure, sure. I think data is really important in this world. I think it's important to understand your own data. So as a medical practice, look at your ratings. You know, how are you included in these high performing networks? If you're not. Do you know why? Can you ask for data? You know, many times we're just not asking. I had a conversation with a client with Cigna last week, and we asked them to give us some cost and efficiency reports. And um, my client asked them, you know, how come we've never seen this before? And you know what the payer said? Because you've never asked. So we're sitting here with this data. We got to raise our hand and be curious, mm -hmm. and um, and embrace the fact that it's not always going to be rainbows and unicorns. I Absolutely, mean, it, it could tell us something that, you know, really might make us kind of contemplate business decisions and strategies and, and all these things. But if we don't know it, there's no way that we're going to be in, able to impact it. 
And a lot of it is, as we're talking to her, is not that the physicians are necessarily doing something wrong or it's bad medicine or anything like that. They're just discharging to the wrong SNF or they're discharging to the, or admitting to the wrong hospital or whatever it is mm-hmm. that once they know the cost scenario, they can make a better decision, like you say, without harming the cost of care or the, or the, the quality of the care of the patient. Right, right. And at the end of the day, what we're really trying to do is bend the cost curve. So um, I have a, a little final story here I can share with you. Would that be okay? Please, please. So I have a a group that's really working hard to bring in social determinants of health into their equation. So really looking at people, patients very holistically and trying to connect them with lots of community resources. So instead of just throwing a prescription at them, for example, they are really looking at things um, and connecting them with community resources um, you know, if they're in a food desert or, or if they've got a mental illness in their family and they need to connect uh, someone with a, a resource. So that's all bending the cost curve. And a lot of that starts with the kind of surveys they take in their, in their practice. This practice I'm talking about is doing something called ACEs screening where it's adverse childhood events. And the more of those you have, the more likely you are actually to end up with chronic conditions and mm-hmm. become really, really ill. So finding out from the get-go at a pedia- you know, pediatric level, kids that have high ACEs scores, you can be proactively positioning them to get the right kind of interventions so that we're not paying out the nose down the line for chronic conditions and we're keeping these people healthy. So it's all about the data and that's another example. It's like you collecting your own data is going to enable you to make decisions that are going to help proactively manage uh, care in your communities and you know not only are we betting the healthcare cost curve but we're just uh, we're contributing to our community in a way that's super valuable and positive. In long term and I think like you say the whole place starts with a, getting your own data, and B, reaching out and getting data from payers and whatever and using that data to drive better decisions. It's great to be with you in Orlando today at the data conference. Dora, I look forward to the next webinar we do together for MGMA. Absolutely, Nate. Thanks for asking me. Thanks, my friend.